ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this very exciting Friday. We are officially heading into the weekend before a new challenge season drops. A new challenge season that is the culmination of basically the last year of our lives as challenge challenge fans the big crazy project and experiment that has become the world championships is on the eve of debuting the final product we've watched the challenge usa we've watched the challenge australia some of us the challenge uk some more of us the challenge ride or dies most all of us and now we are here we've still yet to watch challenge argentina but maybe someday soon we'll get to do that in like three or four weeks anyways we're here to talk challenge world championships it premieres next wednesday five days from when this podcast is dropping if you've been with us over the last week we have in quick fashion covered the entire Challenge UK season from preview to episode recaps to postseason awards all in the last week, six days since last Saturday. So we are as caught up as can be. We are ready to dive into Challenge World Championships, explore who's in it, what we know about it. Did this project work? All things Challenge World Championships. That's what we're here to do today. Quick programming note before we begin. As I just said, Challenge UK recaps have all been posted now. If you have not, you know, whether you listen to those or not, if you haven't watched the Challenge UK, it's five episodes. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It's well worth your time. It's a miniature challenge season, and it's a wonderful challenge season. So go watch that. Feel free to, you know, binge the recaps right as you binge those episodes. They are all up and live. Survivor Saturdays are back. Back. It's official tomorrow based uh, maybe already, depending on when you are listening to this Survivor Saturdays with my good friend Paige over on the Most Likely to podcast feed. What a premiere episode for Survivor. They promised a lot with this season and one episode in they delivered. I've got lots of thoughts about it. I'm sure Paige does too. If you're a Survivor watcher, then definitely head over and listen to us chop it up about that season all season long on Saturdays. And then, of course, going into next week, this is the World Championship premiere, or premiere, excuse me, 
preview today. That means when it comes out next week on Wednesday, we will begin our World Championships recaps. Those will be out. Time to be determined on Wednesdays as early as possible. I just don't know exactly what time they're dropping the episode, whether it'll be, you know, at midnight if I stay up all night till Tuesday into Wednesday morning, or, you know, if it'll be 10 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever. So I plan on getting up, checking next Wednesday morning if that nice little gift is in the queue on Paramount Plus. And as soon as it's available, we'll watch, we'll pod, we'll get that posted, and then we'll get on a consistent schedule. My hope is that those will be posted, uh, you know, the episodes in the morning, which means the podcast by early afternoon should be out. So that's what's coming up here. As for what's coming up today on this program, the agenda, we're talking four different segments to the pod today. First one, pros and cons of the world championship the structure looking back did it work uh how is this experiment gone we're on the precipice of you know watching the final product we might as well look backwards one last time at like what actually went down what we like what we not like what worked what didn't work that part may get a little in the weeds of me being you know living out my fantasy of being a challenge producer executive producer whatever games master so feel free if you're like i just want to know what your thoughts are talk about the actual season the players that sort of stuff use the show notes those timestamps are there for a reason you can skip right ahead to part number two where we talk about what we know and don't know about the current format of this season and a couple uh guesses as to how things might play out then part three we're going player by player a couple quick notes on every single person minus the four folks who will be coming from challenge argentina because we don't know who those are yet and have not watched that season yet uh so can't comment on that but everyone else we're going to get a couple comments a couple hopes wishes types of things out there and then fourth and finally we will hit the predictions not just finalists and winners but all the predictions you can think of who's gonna have a romance who is gonna join in alliances who's gonna be the first out who's gonna get blindsided all kinds of predictions coming rapid fire at the end of this pod so that's the agenda thanks as always for being here don't forget to hit that follow subscribe button wherever you may be listening automatic downloads that's a pretty cool thing to turn on ratings reviews those are pretty cool things to leave i appreciate every single one of you for being here whether it's your first ever episode or you've been with us all the way since back all stars one which now you know from all stars one to now this is our seventh or eighth season of challenge coverage on this podcast it has gone so fast we've gotten so much challenge and we've loved every single bit of it and we love every single one of you for being here with us on this journey so hit follow hit subscribe if you want to talk challenge hit me up on instagram at challenge historian if you want to hear some thoughts about the challenge world championships well guess what i'm going to shut up about all this other stuff and i'm going to get to that right now let's go did this big old experiment work? Let's look backwards for just a couple minutes here and kind of take a take account of what actually went down, what worked, what didn't work, what we liked, what we didn't like, and of course, because I can't help myself, it's a dream of mine, I like to put my little producer hat on and let you know how I would do it differently if they were to do it again, which I think they should, and I think they should do it using exactly the format that I'm about to lay out for you. So we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk. Did it work? Quick review here. 
They filmed five seasons at once in Argentina, and then a sixth season around the same time, if we count All-Stars 3, which was filmed elsewhere, but in a similar time frame. And then they showed us all six of those seasons over the course of a year, starting with All-Stars 3. And then really, these five seasons they went through in Argentina, we've now seen over the course of 10 months, or it will be 10 months by the end of this season we're about to watch. Challenge USA started early July of last year. So... We've seen four of the five. We're about to see, you know, the sixth on top of it. We haven't seen Challenge Argentina yet. Let's look back at how each of these seasons did, starting with Challenge USA. It was successful enough. The ratings were pretty solid, but there was a lot of blowback from the cast. And as we then saw the rest of the seasons, there was some deserved blowback from the cast, possibly, that like, hey, what the hell? Why are we the only ones that have to be in this warehouse? Why are we getting way worse food? Why are we just kind of getting way worse standards of production around us than everyone else? And it does feel like now that we've seen all of the seasons that there's a chance that in, you know, the first time they've ever decided, like, let's film all of these seasons in the same place at once. That's a big undertaking. And it feels like maybe they just rushed Challenge USA a little bit. Like, if we're going to do this, we got to get going now. We might not have everything narrowed, you know dialed in but like we got to get started if we're going to actually do this so it feels like that one was maybe just a little rush but it was successful enough the ratings were you know they were obviously way bigger than the flagship but it's on cbs and paramount plus so of course it's going to be but they were they were solid enough so it was like it was a success until we started hearing some of the blowback from the cast itself and then you know that tainted it a little bit challenge australia that flopped in Australia, at least it halfway through the 10 episode run was sent from airing live to just dumped on the streaming platform of the channel over there. The ratings were literally like cut in half, cut in half, cut in half till almost no one was watching live. And so they dumped it here in the States. Those who have seen it do seem to love it. It seems to be the consensus is like very good season for us here in the States watching, which doesn't ultimately matter or, you know, do what they were hoping to do of infiltrate a new market. But it at least shows that, like, casting-wise, super great, um, but just, you know, didn't have the impact they were looking to have in a new market. Challenge UK. It's tough to say. It was aired in one week in the UK, Monday through Friday, and then dumped on the following sat that next day on Saturday here in the States. It's kind of like a miniature challenge season or a half of a season. It was awesome. I loved it. If you've been with us the last week, you know I have very positive feelings about everything to do with Challenge UK. Pretty similar to Challenge Australia. But uh, it's hard to say, was that a reaction that they put it one, you know, five episodes, five nights in a row? Was that a reaction to how it went in Australia? It's certainly, without knowing the numbers or ratings, it definitely hasn't infiltrated a rich and fertile reality TV fandom that exists over in the UK and across Europe entirely. Um, but it was awesome, so that's good. Rider dies, extremely long, extremely long. And then we don't even, by the way, get both winners from Rider Dies into this season. So it feels like this, you know, Rider Dies wasn't a hundred percent tied into this world championships thing. We'll talk a little more about that later, but it was a successful season. Uh the ratings we're up and down, we're, but we're mostly in line with where we kind of think flagship ratings are going to be these days and, you know, had some upticks near the end of the season that were nice to see people still invested. So that was pretty solid. And then Challenge Argentina, who knows? It does look like it's the small mini season style that UK was. We haven't seen it yet. I believe it's going to come out in Paramount Plus in like three or four weeks. So after we've already started watching some of those folks on Challenge World Championships, we will see them in Argentina. And then All-Stars 3 going way back was great, but 
also did maybe hit that line where you're bumping up against the line of are you going to cross into kind of flagship territory in a way from like all stars one really fun territory where everyone loved it are you leaning too quickly too far over towards that other thing so it started bumping up a little bit against that but it was still really great so that's kind of how all these seasons went and while we've had a lot of fun we've had a lot of challenge to watch it just it's hard to say it's been the best case result of this big undertaking, this big project that they announced, you know, over a year ago, you know, 14, 15 months ago at this point of we're going to do this. We're going to film these four seasons. And then, you know, winners from a bunch of them are going to go on to this, what they then called War of the Worlds. And then they're like, wait a minute, we already called that some something War of the Worlds. We got to change that now known as World Championships. Um, you know, it hasn't been the best case result on the content side, just from like a fan perspective. I would give it like a B, B minus, B minus, maybe even a B. I've really enjoyed it. Like all the seasons across the board, Rider Dies was certainly a, a tick back in the right direction above the couple seasons prior. All Stars 3, I thought was great. Again, I agree that it's maybe leaning a little too far, too fast towards, uh, you know, the sporty flagship version, but I still fucking loved it. I love Challenge Australia. I love Challenge UK. And I had a really good time with Challenge USA. So content-wise, I'd be like, you know, B minus to B. Results-wise, if I was just looking at this from like what the production is looking at and their goals of, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to make awesome seasons. We're going to get the ratings in the States up. We're going to infiltrate these new markets in Australia and UK and Argentina. We're going to build some fan bases there. And we're going to build this very interesting contraption and tournament style thing that we could possibly then repeat over and over and have our show in a bunch of markets the way like a Survivor does and a Big Brother does and some other shows do. I'm sure maybe just those two. Who knows? But grading on that scale this is like a C minus, maybe even a D plus. Like Australia totally flopped in its own country. The way they dumped UK, I can't imagine that broke into that fan base the way that they wanted. I have no idea. Maybe Argentina, we at least got a good sign that they're showing it week after week in Argentina right now and they didn't dump it to a streamer or just say, fuck it, put it all out right now, anything like that. So maybe that one's going well and they're gaining some fans. I don't know. But uh, the other two didn't totally work. The reception from the cast members on USA makes me feel like maybe they're not going to get the best possible casts from the, you know, the CBS reality world moving forward, or at least for the next season or two because of some of that blowback. So that's, you know, counts against them. So, you know, again, entertainment content wise, like I give this a very solid B. B minus to B. And you know, if you know my grading scale, that's like a very good score. That's like no shade in that. That's really good. You're like, you're not in the Pantheon level, like in anywhere in the A's, but you're in the B's. You move shit forward. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Highly positive. Results-wise for the company itself, though, and the the franchise and the, the money-making machine behind it, or just the money-making hopeful machine behind it, C minus to D plus. Like this, this didn't go so great. Quickly. Couple pros, because that that kind of was mostly talking about the things that didn't work. Um, but I do just want to shout out some of the things that they absolutely nailed and did a wonderful job with. Great cast, just casting in general. Casting, we get so much shit all the time. A lot of times, deservedly, it's 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 the most important position in the whole the whole reality world. Here is the casting, and they fucking crushed it on Australia and on UK, and I think they did a damn good job on USA. And I think on Rider Dies, even, they had a couple key returns that I really, really enjoyed, even if those people got eliminated quickly, and like a Kayla or a Veronica and Darrell. 
or and then also just had a killer rookie class so like casting across the board they absolutely nailed under this big project all these seasons australia and uk again while they might not have done well in their own countries they might not have did what they needed them to do for us here in the states i'm like yo you can give me i'll i'll take 10 challenge uk seasons right now miniature seasons same as they were Give me 10 of them in a row right now. I'll watch every single one of them. I'll probably love every single one of them. Same with Challenge Australia. I had so much fun. I can't stress enough that, you know, if these were just aired like regular seasons in the, to the U.S. audience, I think they would have performed fine to good to even great. Um, you know, they definitely connected with our audience here better than they did in their home countries. Uh, another good thing. Briny and Mark Wright both found a way to be like pretty good to great while in the shadow of TJ Lavin, an incredibly impossible spot to be put in. And yet both of them, I found myself being like, I really like these people. This is, this is fine. Like I, you know, I wish TJ was here just cause it's TJ. Of course it's the challenge and it's TJ. They're supposed to be together, but if they're not like these, these folks are doing great. And if you listen to the challenge UK recaps, you know, I definitely got a pretty pretty big soft spot here for Mark Wright. Uh, big, big fan of that guy. They did really solid on the dailies. I love the Spooky Town daily, repeating that. And they had some super memorable moments across all of these seasons. Each one of these seasons, I could think of a couple moments that are like really stand out, really awesome. So they did a lot great. But ultimately, the results, at least on the side they care about as much as anything, weren't what they needed or wanted. So I don't know if they'll do it again. My my thought says they will. It's not like they're just going to dish this after one, especially because I think the World Championships will do really, really well and uh, will help kind of bring and ingratiate some of these people. And maybe they'll just say, fuck it. We'll do it all again, and we will, like, prioritize a little more. Like, we're just making this for the American audience. And if you ever start to care in the other countries, great. But otherwise, this is more just like, don't you like watching some rookie Australian people? Don't you like some rookie UK people? Like, great, because we do. And it was really fun. But if you allow me briefly, as quickly as I can, to put on my producer hat, my fantasy producer hat, and let you know how I would do it. This is how I would run if they did this again, the whole experiment all over, which I think they should, and I think they should do it in this exact model. Let me break it down for you. Four, the Challenge UK, Australia, Argentina, USA, and All-Stars. I think they should just lump All-Stars into this project as well. They pretty much have now here, but you know, All-Stars 3 was kind of its own thing that now they're retroactively lumping in. It's all together. You have six seasons plus the world championships that leads up to it. You got UK, Australia, Argentina, USA, All-Stars, Flagship. Those six lead into the world championships. You do all seven seasons in one single year. For the UK, Australia, Argentina, USA, and All-Stars, you do 24-person, eight-episode seasons. For the flagship version, you can stick with 32-person, 12-episode seasons all filmed in the same location, three different houses of equal style and accoutrement, if you will, this time around, not one of them getting the shaft, two seasons filmed at a time. So you basically got three filming blocks, two seasons at a time, six total, three filming blocks. 
You use the same houses for each of those two. You change up the dailies across the sets of two, but the two film together, you can keep pretty much the same thing, but we can only watch the same thing twice. You got to change things up between each set of seasons and change up all non-staple eliminations, which we've got four to five staple eliminations that you can just keep across the board. So about half of them you would have to change up. Final challenge. Same for everyone. All six seasons, borderline the exact same final challenge. Like, make a couple little things different here. Maybe make the All-Stars one a little bit shorter, maybe a little bit easier. Maybe make the flagship one a touch longer, an extra state, uh, an extra thing here, maybe an extra miles here on the bike, what have you, but essentially the same final for everyone and have the big twists of the season, get this, be cross-season daily challenges, going all the way back to the initial seed idea for the challenge when they had road rules in real world just cross paths for a brief little challenge. I'm talking like that style shit. Come in here, you're filming two seasons at once. When you get down to 10, 12, 14 people left on either side, suddenly Challenge UK folks show up for a daily challenge. And who's that across the field? Is that Challenge USA? Are we going against each other for the day? Is this episode like a, you know, a combined event? What is going on? You have a little cross-season daily challenge where maybe the winners don't have, no one has to go home for that round. And the losers, someone has to get voted out. Someone gets purged, something of that sort. That could be an interesting and fun twist and a way to wrap these seasons together pre-world championships you do this all and then you show them in this order you start with all stars all stars airs for eight full weeks on its own immediately following all stars you air uk australia argentina usa same time same eight weeks on a similar schedule, different night of the week, so that you're airing it live in each of those four markets at one time. The UK is watching live, Australia is watching live, Argentina is watching live, USA is watching live. But here in the States and anywhere the Paramount Plus is available around the world, you can then drop those episodes. So for us here in the States, maybe it's like, yo, UK is out on Monday, Australia is on Tuesday, USA is live on Wednesday, and then Argentina comes out on Thursday. If you want to watch just your country, great. If you want to watch all four at once, have at it. It's a challenge buffet for eight weeks. And then that goes right into the 12 episode flagship season, which goes right into the 12 episode world championship immediately after if you do this with eight weeks for All-Stars, eight weeks for the four Globals, 12 weeks for the flagship, 12 weeks for the World Championships, that is 40 weeks of the year that you have the challenge airing. Throw in a two-week gap between each set, if you will. That's 48 weeks of time. You take one month off covering Christmas and New Year's, you know, kind of around that. You end in the beginning of December. You start again at the end of January. And you've got a one-year content calendar of challenge, glory, and greatness. You've got the ability to be able to say, so-and-so was the 2023 challenge world champion. So-and-so was the double all-stars plus world champion in 2024, what have you. It would be insane. It would be incredible. It would be the best-case version of, I think, from a production side, what they've laid out and tried to do here with this one. So... That's just my two cents if, you know, 
if anyone, Justin Booth, maybe you're out there listening. If anyone is out there listening from the production side, feel free to call me. Again, as always, I offer my services free of charge. I just want to provide them. I think I can do a good job. I think I can help you. And I think the World Championships idea in this tournament-style idea can work. It did work in a lot of ways this first round through, and there's a lot of room for improvement that could be captured and make this just this incredible calendar of challenge that we have to look forward to every single year. All right. At this point, I bet you're hoping that if you're still here, you would like me to actually talk about the season ahead. Stop looking back. Start looking forward. Let's do that now. Let's, before we go into a full player-by-player breakdown, let's talk about the format of the show in general and kind of what we know, what we don't know. Mix in a little trailer reaction here because we do have a trailer. We've seen that. Um, We've seen a couple versions. We had like a couple little teaser versions and like a true trailer a week or two ago. And now we've been getting slowly but surely a bunch of clips on the Instagram account and the YouTube account for MTV or the challenge or Paramount plus given some kind of player intros that in some of those intros, you get that little glimpse of a little footage from the season. So we've watched all of those. We've gleaned as much as we can. And that is to say that we don't know shit about this season. We know so little and, uh, but we'll, we'll start here. We know they do say definitively in the trailer, a global MVP or winner which there's four from each of the four global shows, making 16 total, they will be paired with a challenge legend. They don't say anything really beyond that. First question, foremost question, are two people going home on day one via a purge? Because there's 16 global MVPs or winners for USA, for Argentina, for UK, for Australia. There is only 14 known and or announced challenge legends on the show, 16 and 14, not an even match. It seems like maybe possibly there might be an opening purge, which I will start saying this quite a few times throughout the rest of this podcast. There's a lot of things on this season that seem very War of the Worlds 1-esque. It seems like maybe they are just kind of redoing War of the Worlds 1 with a new actual worldly global spin on it and this would be no different war of the worlds one they all showed up they did a individual challenge with a couple people being purged from that famously most famously josh was purged and then brought back due to injury to what's his name alvin i'm sorry if your name's not alvin i shouldn't even have guessed at it if i wasn't confident but yeah so that happened and this seems like it could be be a form of that which would then be followed by you know a draft of some sort or a pairing of some sort um but because it is 16 to 14 we do know if you were you know taking part in casting spoilers which i assure you i probably should have said this at the beginning of this podcast i i know who the cast is um but that is it i as always that's the level of spoiler i'm willing to go to i know zero about what has transpired in this season anything you hear here will be just me prognosticating making guesses predictions what have you so no spoilers anywhere in this podcast other than the cast and the only little tiny version of that really because they've announced the rest of the cast is that we do know Jenny and Brad, Jenny West and Brad Fiorenza were there as alternates. 16 to 14, you need two more people. Jenny and Brad are right there. Just put them in. Who cares? Fuck alternates. If someone gets hurt, just 
They're out of the game. Whatever. We used to be savage about that shit. Remember Sarah getting sent home multiple times, sometimes because people got hurt, sometimes because her partner was a complete and utter asshole and piece of shit? Yeah, just whatever. Fuck alternates. Bring them back. Let Jenny and Brad play. 16-16. But, yeah, I don't think they did. And in the trailer, we see the kind of opening part of the trailer. We see 28 people lined up for a daily challenge-esque looking thing in the sand. TJ says go, and there's 28 people lined up in the sand. I paused it. I counted three or four times. There's a small chance that we don't quite see everyone on the screen, and maybe there is 30, all 30 of them, but it looks like 28 to me, which would tell me 16 and 14 becomes 14 and 14 in some form or fashion right away, right out the gates. We shall see if that's true, or maybe there's just some spin. Two people are safe, or I don't know. Who knows? You know what I also don't know? Will there be a draft? Please let there be a draft. Please, 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 please. Like, literally just do War of the Worlds 1 all over again. It worked really well. Uh, Just please let there be a draft. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know how I feel about drafts in the world of the challenge. They work. 100% success rate every time. Never failed. Like, four or five for five at this point. And yeah, I hope they do one. I don't think they're going to if i had to guess if i had to make a prediction now versus later in this podcast i would say they're not going to do a draft or if they do that it'll only be for like one round but i want there to be a draft and i also am confident on this if there is a draft of any kind where you get to pick your partners in any sort of way or fashion you know wes scouted hard and that no one else did you know wes and his wonderful wife they do recaps on his patreon and stuff you know that man uh, I guess he couldn't have watched UK or our, you know, I guess he couldn't have watched any of them. Maybe West didn't scout. Well, West did whatever scouting was available to him. He might not have watched the seasons before being able to compete on them because they weren't available, but he probably asked someone from production if he could get, if he could get those dailies from there and like, you know, watch anything. If he could get any info, he definitely reached out to people. So uh, yeah, this joke didn't totally work because I hadn't thought that through, but Whatever scouting could be done, Wes did it. No one else did. So I just wanted to see, want to see that, want to hear him talk about that. The reason I don't think there'll be a draft, or if there is, it'll only be for one, is because I think the algorithm is going to be a part of this. They don't say anything about it, but the algorithm was a part of all four global seasons. It seems like they would just bring that right on into here and finish it out with it. So you know, it leads to the question: Is it going to be algorithm for partners? Are you going to get to pick? Are you going to get to stay with someone? Are you going to be swapping every single time or maybe possibly swapping sometimes? At this point, I'm used to the algorithm. I would be okay with it, but I do obviously want to see them draft. I want to see them draft so bad. I want to see them draft and stay with those partners because, again, I just want War of the Worlds 1 all over again. It's such a great season, and just do that again, and it'll be great. And also, please, 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 please don't. Do the double agents, spies, lies, and allies shit. Don't do don't do any of that. Don't do and by that I mean the swapping of partners. Don't let the elimination winner you can change or the daily winner you can change or anything like that. I'm cool with the algorithm. I'm cool if we know in advance, you know, from the day one, like, hey, your partner's gonna switch. It's randomized every time you're gonna work with every single person here. I'm good with it. I'm used to it now. I'm okay with it. I I borderline like it at this point, but please for the love of God, don't don't do any Don't do anything convoluted like that. Hopefully, they have learned their lesson. In best case, do a draft. It'll work. We also know, next thing we know about the format, it's 12 episodes, and there's 30 people. Uh, So if two people went home an episode, that would put eight in the final. Hopefully, if people are purged the first episode, maybe that's a two-part final so we can get 
10 or at least eight there and not end up with like a six person final episode. Um, but let's just hope it's pretty straightforward. You know, 12 episodes, at least I, I did. I did like that as much as, you know, it's good for me as a content creator in the challenge world, having the 19 episodes plus two reunions of ride or dies. But you know, as a fan, I just really, I, I want 12 episodes is right. 10 to 15, anywhere in there, 12 is a pretty damn good number right in the middle of that. So love that. The games, looking at the trailer, we for sure get a traditional style hall brawl. We get a pole wrestle of some sort. And that's about all we can really decipher from like an elimination standpoint. From a daily standpoint, we got a lot of shit in the sand. We got a lot of stuff in the middle of very burnt down cornfields or just, you know, out of season cornfields, very brown cornfields, and a lot of stuff on semi trucks. That all sounds about right. Sounds pretty challenged, straightforward. It does generally, again, have strong War of the World 1 vibes to it, especially the couple, the scenes in the sand and the scenes on the on the semi trucks, like look like they're actually, you know, footage from War of the Worlds one. You could tell me they were, and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. They just had to put the trailer together. They hadn't edited everything else. It's fine. They just ripped it away. Uh, it, it looks that similar. Um, it definitely doesn't look like Gauntlet Three vibes, even though it is in Cape Town, South Africa. Last time they were there for Gauntlet Three uh, season, that is fine, I guess. Um, Sure, we'll go with that. If you listen to that recap, uh, rewatch series episode, you know, it, it was fine. Fine. Love Cape Town, South Africa as a location, but, you know, the season just didn't totally work out the way they wanted. Anyways, so, yeah, that's what we know about the games and other general guesses on format games, anything of that nature. We just really don't know much at all, which I don't know why. It feels odd that we don't know much at all, even though it's totally ordinary. That's how we go into every season, basically not really knowing a whole lot. Like they've given us it's in pairs and it's, you know, one of these with one of those. And we'll tell you later on, but uh, yeah, I don't know why it's, it's feeling a little odd to me. Let me know if it feels, feels that way for you. I feel like we should be given more info. And this is one of those areas where maybe they just kind of botched a little of this again. Like we haven't seen all of the seasons that are leading into this. We don't know who some of the people are. We're not even going to be able to talk about the challenge Argentina folk. Cause we don't know who they are yet uh, here in the States. So that's that. As far as guesses or hopes, I hope last place goes straight in. That was a thing across all four global seasons. It was not on Ride or Dies, and it hurt Ride or Dies in a big, big way. That is a must. You have to have it. Last place goes straight to the elimination. And then I hope it's just winner picks or even last place picks. I hope someone makes a definitive decision that there's not any of this picking four teams, pulling daggers, anything of that nature. So I hope, you know, there's as little ride or dies format imbued in this. And there is as much as just we did the basically the same format across all four global seasons. We're just going to roll that right into here. And we're going to have the algorithm and swap partners every time. And it's going to be last place in. Winners pick the other team. Pretty simple and straightforward. I like it. I'm used to it. That's what I want. That's what I hope we get. All right, here we go. We've at, we've got to the the real meat of the situation here. That doesn't make any sense, but we're just going to keep on rolling right away with it. We're here to talk about the cast. Finally, we haven't mentioned the cast at all, and we've been talking a long time. So let's get into it. The cast, of course, is you know 30 people. We're going to go through 26 of them. Again, we will not talk about the challenge Argentina for people because I don't know who they are yet. Both literally don't know who their names are and also literally have not seen them or know anything about them, having not been able to watch their season. 
Let's go through the the global uh, MVPs and winners first, starting with where this all started, the Challenge USA. In order here. First up, we've got Ben. Ben is back. He did deserve another shot. After getting injured at the end, um, you know, I felt really bad for him. I thought he could do well in that final. He gets hurt in the Spooky Town Challenge. And so I feel like he deserved another shot. I didn't really vibe with him on USA at all, except for the one really touching moment that I loved, like about the story about his friend and winning the daily challenge on the day of his friend's passing from his military days. Uh, I really enjoyed that and uh, appreciated that, but otherwise didn't totally vibe with Ben. Um, I am holding on to the fact, though, that this this will come up now and in a couple people when we talk about Sarah. I'm holding on to the fact that Ben and Sarah may be hated by everyone else, and that's a nice element to have around. It's good to have a couple people in the house that everyone else hates and doesn't want to work with. So I'm holding on to hope that that could be the case. Next up, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, the best guy ever is next up. Danny McRae is back. The winner, the male winner of Challenge USA, who in my estimation is really carrying the torch for all of the fake slash real beef between us cast members, CBS folks and flagship MTV folks. There's been a bunch of beef going down. They just put out a, a hilarious for a lot of reasons, video uh, preview video on the Instagram accounts about them all talking about the different beef, but they specifically are talking about Fessy who isn't there, uh, you know, saying stuff about athletes and Danny and whatnot. And then they talk a bunch about Tyson who isn't there saying how much better he would be in Johnny calling him the winner of the JV squad and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like of these four from challenge USA, it's really all on Danny's shoulders to carry the torch of like, you know, whatever beef there is and whatever needs to be proved or not proved. I feel like he unfortunately has to carry that entire burden on his shoulders, but thankfully they're quite broad shoulders and he's quite an amazing human being. And I'm sure he will do it. He is on the radar now though. Um, he both, you know, because he won and he's here and he's got a little bigger profile and there's no Tyson to use as a shield. There's no survivor Alliance to use as needed to, you know, get him through politically. So I feel like we're going to see Danny in like the most difficult situation he's been in. He's created the situations he's been in before by being an awesome guy and having friends and all of that. But he did create for himself a, a somewhat easy situation on challenge USA. And so now we're going to see him here without some of, of that, you know, perfectly crafted environment around him for success. We'll see him really a little more isolated on his own and just having that bigger target. We'll see how he handles it. I think he will be the favorite partner of women if this is an algorithm situation. And, you know, every time through, it's like, are they going to be happy about their partner or not happy? I think Danny will be like one of the number one, if not the number one top choice that as the females get paired with him, they'll be like, oh, yes, I get Danny this week. This is amazing. Hell yes. I love this. He's just the best guy. I love him. I rooted for him on Survivor. I rooted for him on Challenge USA, and I will be rooting for him here as well. I make no bones about that. Danny and Kiki are the best we have to offer. Long live Danny and Kiki, which more on Danny possibly in the Kiki thing getting a little confusing this season because I'm sure he'll talk about her plenty, but we'll actually have a Kiki in the cast more on her in a minute. Next up, Justine also challenge USA. 
lot of fitness workout content coming from this woman ever since Challenge USA. So it seems like she maybe upped her game in that department, and it was already pretty dang good to begin with. So really excited to see where she may fall on the physical side of things in this game. Think that she may surprise some people and be closer to the top than uh, you know, might not be one of the first couple of people mentioned as like the top physical threats on the women's side when maybe there's a chance that she could very well be up there. I think she's the best political player of these four Challenge USA folks coming in. Uh, I think that's kind of unquestionable uh, coming in. I could see her being the immediate like, I'm not working with Ben and Sarah, so I'm ditching my show. Day one, moment one, minute one. Who are we gonna befriend? Who are we gonna move to? Who are we gonna convince? Like, hey, it's cool. You can target my. You can target two of the people from my show. What have you? I think her political savvy is gonna be on full display, and that uh, she's gonna be the first to be like, I, this is not a like. Everyone's show is an alliance. I'm I'm moving over. I'm finding friends quickly and succinctly. So that's Justine, and then fourth and finally from Challenge USA, we have Sarah. Her win. Was suspect. It was suspect. I'm sorry. That that's what it was. Uh, you know, I don't remember how. I I honestly don't even remember what I said about the Challenge USA final. Now it's been so long and so many podcasts and so many hours. But uh, you know, at this point, I still I just look back and I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's cool that you didn't quit, but uh, it seems like you maybe never finished that one puzzle. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You still won. You deserve it. You deserve to be here. And you're still a great competitor. And I appreciate that there is a little bit of a self-awareness starting to show in some of the videos and the preview video type things where she talks about, like, I love winning, but I can't win anything except, like, finals. Like, I can win the whole thing, but nothing along the way. So there's a little self-awareness there. I appreciate that. I did actually like her a lot at the beginning of Challenge USA. Uh, I was, like, going against the grain and was like, wait, why does everyone hate this chick? I'm kind of into her. And then I flipped in a big way about halfway two-thirds of the way through just be a good villain that's all we're hoping for be a good villain every season needs a villain sarah and ben by attachment are just set up to be the villains of this season and that's what i'm hoping for that's what i'm holding out hope for should have had let's quickly the people they should have had from challenge usa obviously tyson but they blew it with him they just completely blew it by you know, not living up to the standards that they needed to on the production side. And they'd never had a chance of getting to come back. And then Angela, I don't, I don't know. I forget if I saw anywhere, if she said no or was offered or anything, but as great as Justine is going to be, Angela probably is, is my, I mean, over the, I know the winners have to be there, but Angela was probably my first, first choice. Tyson and Angela were my first choices from the season. uh, And, you know, we weren't getting either of them. So, the four we got are very, very good across the board. Let's talk Challenge Australia. Emily first. Emily is back. Had to have her back. Maybe without her boyfriend, who allegedly was toxic as hell in the Challenge Australia house, maybe she'll be able to fare better socially, have some friends, not be the number one target, not even because she's the Olympic swimmer athlete, uh, but because everyone hates her and her boyfriend and their friends. Um, So maybe that will happen. We shall see. I certainly hope so. Because... As I said in Challenge Australia coverage, Emily was a true gift to the challenge. An Olympic-level athlete with a personality, has a good time, gets in some drama, stirs some shit up, can compete really, really well, is beatable, though. I mean, just the perfect mix of an incredible, incredible character to have on this show. So I appreciated her contributions on Australia. I really look forward to seeing what she's got here. 
will she fare better now that I don't feel like she's going to be like, like on Australia, it was like very targeted. Even before half of the house hated the other half of the house, it, she was like very much the target of like, well, we have an Olympic swimmer. We got to get her. I don't know if she's going to have that kind of target coming into this house. They're going to know about it and people are going to, you know, be a, nervous about that. But I think most of the, you know, folks, flagship folks, MTV folks are going to be like, well, swimming's a pretty small part of this overall. We're not actually going to be that worried until we see that your athleticism translates into some other stuff and what have you. So we shall see. But that's Emily. Glad she's here. Grant is next. He's nice enough, but he was the wrong choice. Um, I do hope for his sake and for the show's sake that it was just the house in the situation that he was in on the Australia season that we didn't really get the best version, the most entertaining or fun version of Grant and that we will hear. It's really tough to have the last name crap. I don't know if you actually pronounce it crap, but I don't know any other way to pronounce it. So that's tough. And uh, yeah, Grant's super nice guy. I, I think I would like him as a guy and hanging out with him. I almost am certain I would. But uh, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the right choice to have here. So I'm unfortunately holding that against him for now. Next up, the icon, the icon herself. Kiki is here. This is what I mentioned earlier. Will Danny get confused every time they ask Danny about Kiki? Will he have to be like, are you trying to get me to say my wife's name and continue that bit? Are you actually asking me about the icon that's over there performing across or maybe is my partner this week or what have you? So that could get a little confusing with the double Kiki going on. But with all due respect of the icon, who I love, Kiki, I love Kiki. Again, if you haven't watched Challenge Australia, shame on you. If you haven't listened to the recaps, uh, not shame on you. That's acceptable but love kiki she's going to be regarded as the layup even though she won her season even though that happened before and then she kicked everyone's ass i feel like it's going to happen again and we will see if she can rise above that and prove everyone wrong again i i don't know if that's going to happen um but i also do know and i love that she clearly doesn't give a fuck about this program like she didn't promote or talk about challenge australia at all i haven't looked in the last week or two if she's like done any promotion uh for challenge world championships or not um so i partially take this back if she has but uh she doesn't seem to care all that much about being on this show it's just a it's just a fun thing she does or whatever and doesn't really talk about it much and that just makes her all the better she's she's an icon i can't wait to watch her again i can't wait to see if she overcomes what i expect will probably be an early target just you know i i, I think the the spinoff shows are going to be the targets i think she might be one of the ones chosen as the target early on from this group fourth and finally from challenge australia we've got troy along with danny troy is the absolute best i fucking love troy he oh my god he's He's just wonderful. He's really, really wonderful. He's also a legit fan of the show. So he's going to have a better scouting report than I think all the other international players. At least, you know, they might have once they won or got picked to do it, they might have done a little more homework than they had before they did their original season. But he's a legit fan of the show. He's going to know all these people. And I think he's either going to both fanboy out over some of them while also knowing who to avoid, who to work with, things like that. I think he's going to win dailies. I think he's going to be a favorite partner during the actual competition. When someone gets partnered with them, they're going to be very excited up until the moment that they possibly don't win the daily. And then they're going to be terrified because he might not have any alliance and he's a threat. So therefore he becomes a very easy target. So that might be a bad reason to be partnered with him. But I love Troy. 
I'm rooting for Troy. Danny and Troy all the way. That's who I'm going for on the men's side. Who should they have had from Challenge Australia? Again, with respect to Grant. Connor should have been there. 100% offered. He wasn't. Connor should have been there. 100%. Kieran could have been there. Conrad could have been there. I guess they couldn't have done Ryan because now we know a little bit more about what was actually going on and maybe we just weren't seeing in the house. And so they're like, we can't do that again. Um, but, uh, you know, you even maybe could have. I don't know. Because, uh, yeah. But Connor should have been there. Should have been Connor all the way. I would have taken Kieran or Conrad. Grant, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best by the time the premiere comes around to just start fresh with Grant and not hold the last season against him because I think he's a, a nice guy who can be a solid competitor, but it Connor should have been there. Next up, and we will try to get it moving a little quicker here, we've got the Challenge UK cast members fresh off their season airing. So if you haven't watched that, spoiler warning, I guess, for uh, who won and whatnot. But we got Tristan, and Tristan's here off of his win he, I believe, can win here again. I've got my eyes on Tristan being like a top flight challenge competitor moving forward. I think he can win. I think any single ladies are going to really like Tristan. I think he will join an alliance and get stabbed in the back. Or he maybe will be the one to rope in the first one to reach out to Theo plus maybe one other person, whoever they feel like they can find and get like a real UK alliance going on. Maybe he's the leader of the full, like, let's get UK Australia together, plus Theo. Now we got nine. Now we got a big group here. I think he's going to be the one coming in, trying to really play the game and trying to steer his whole cast of UK folks in the right direction together. And I think Tristan can absolutely win this season. Second, is Nathan. Oh my goodness. Nathan's the best. I I, can't, I guess I can't call three different people the best. That's supposed to be singular, but he is too. All these people are the best. Nathan, MVP front runner. If he can just last throughout the season, this guy is a front runner to win the MVP of the season. Goddamn, he was entertaining. Unbelievable in five episodes on Challenge UK. Can't wait to watch more of him. I only have one single fault with Nathan and uh, that's come up. I didn't really, it, it didn't bother me in any way on the UK season, but now it's become a common refrain in this couple little preview videos. And that's saying that people underestimate him and that's not fair. And then the next sentence saying how he hates running and can't run at all. And it's the worst and he never wants to do it. Those two things don't align. You can't be like, oh, everyone underestimates me. That's bullshit. But also, did you know that I hate running and running is kind of important to this game and I suck at it? And it's like, first off, you don't suck at it. Like, you had no problem running the, for six hours straight in the final on Challenge UK. Like, guy's got cardio. Like, he can do it. He might hate it, but he can do it. Absolutely. So, underselling himself a little bit and then just, you know, spread those commentaries out. Like, if people are underestimating you and you want to be like, fuck that. Go for it. Just don't in the same sentence go on to, but also I suck at this because it just doesn't really match up, but I love him. He's just the, his personality is just the best. He's brilliant at puzzles. I also think he's brilliant and could be maniacal for the political social game. Again, he's the one that held a friendship hostage and then immediately was like, I was just fucking kidding after she threw him in anyway on Challenge UK. He's the best. He's brilliant. I love it. What a true pleasure that we get two seasons of him in such short order. Moving on to speaking of who that friendship was held hostage with, Kaz, please 
let her get partners that can do puzzles. Uh, our, we couldn't have thought higher of Kaz at the beginning of Challenge UK. By the end of it, she did pull out the win, but we saw there was a little bit of a weakness there with the puzzle front, so please let her get puzzle, partners who can do puzzles. Um, note on Kaz, her and Theo dated on Love Island UK way back when, so that's a connection there. Jordan will try to date Kaz. That's an early prediction here. Jordan will definitely, I, those two just make too much sense to me. Those two, I just, I see that. I see that coming a mile away. She can legit win this. They, The two winners of Challenge UK, Tristan and Kaz, could be the two winners of Challenge World Championships. Just saying. Zara is also here. I really like Zara. She is an absolute runner for sure. So if she sneaks into a final, she's dangerous and a great partner to have in a final. But I don't see her lasting. Although I feel like she and Justine could link up, get a little UK USA thing going. Um, you know, maybe everyone is going to go against the flagship folks, so maybe that could happen. But I just, I don't, I don't totally see Zara lasting. Zara, or is she going to go by Zaza? She says everyone called her Zaza, but then all Challenge UK season we did call her Zara, so I was a little confused. Either way, uh, she's great. Love to have her back. Who should they have had? The four people they have, they absolutely nailed it 100%. If we could have had more, I would have taken Callum or Ashley thrown in the mix too, but they nailed it. Four for four, those are the only exact right picks. Now, flagship legends, here we go. Try to be as quick through this as we can. There's six or there's 14 of them. A lot to get through in alphabetical order. We got Amber. Someone please just be friends with Amber, this awesome, wonderful human being, Amber. Someone's got to be friends with her this time, right? There's all these new people, none of this baggage of old that was completely conflated and made up to begin with. She's got Darrell there. There's lots of new people. I just feel good that Amber's chances of building an alliance and just friendships and having a good experience in the house socially is as high as it's ever been, and I hope that it happens because she's amazing, and I love her, and she deserves it. She's also the newest version of one of my favorite kind of archetypes on the show, which is the don't let her get to the final because she can run. She works well with people. She'll win that final. But she could also get knocked out in any single elimination if there's a puzzle or like super over-the-top physical strength thing involved. So that person is just best. It's the most interesting type of competitor. They're like like a half rung below the best bets, the couple of people that you put in like the absolute top, like if they're there, they're the best bets to probably win this. She's like, you know, just, just below that, like a half rung. She's absolutely great, but there's a big high variance with her greatness. And so those are the most interesting people. So don't let her get in that final, but also if she lost in the first elimination, who knows, it could very well happen. So we shall see. Then speaking of Darrell mentioned earlier, now mentioned in full here, Darrell's next he needs to finally get some revenge on Bananas. There's no specific incident. There's no actual, like, revenge. But he clearly has never really loved that guy. Um, and he's got the numbers on his side this time around. If he wants to be the leader of the, why don't we just get Bananas out of here first and uh, then, you know, figure it out. After that, I feel like that could maybe really happen. And I'm kind of rooting for that to happen. That would be really fun. He wouldn't keep doing these without staying in top shape. So I know he's still got it. I think he could pull it off. I think he knows like it would mean a lot for him legacy wise in this show. If he were to pull off a win at this stage to kind of resuscitate the, like, you know, I did win four in a row. You can say what you want about when they were teams, all this and that and the other, but like I was damn good. I'm still damn good. And I'm going to, you know, cap it off and prove it in this big way. I'm really glad they got him. 
they needed at least one of he, CT, Derek, or Brad, like, or even Abram. They're just kind of guys from that like Inferno era, kind of second era of the show. So I'm glad Darrell's there. I think he wouldn't show up if he didn't. He's one of those guys I just don't think would show up if he didn't think he was capable of winning. And his time was cut way too short on Ride or Dies. So here's the hope, and he gets an awesome partner, and we get to see Darrell on a big, long run in this season. Next up, Jody. They also needed at least one OG on the female side to kind of fit the theme and the idea of representing the history of the show a bit, and Jody is a fantastic choice for that. One of the best they could have gotten. She showed on All-Stars is still plenty fit enough to be dangerous in this game, but I do question if she ever got the political side down. She was never that great at it in the early days when thankfully it wasn't always needed to be able to get to the end and win the way she did, you know, first individual champion ever on the duel. Um, but especially now, you know, it was, it was hit or miss. It was hot and cold on all stars and all stars was a friendlier atmosphere than this, what she's getting into. So I'm very interested to see how she handles the social political climate within this house. I think she's going to lean hard on Darrell and on Wes and maybe even on John A to get like an alliance going and to get just a comfort of like, I need a couple people in here that I can rely on as like my friends. And, you know, I really think this would be a wildly different scenario if Derek would have been there and the two of them could have been buddy buddies or even if Brad, who she worked with on all stars, wouldn't just be an alternate, but would be in the cast. So very interested to see where she goes next up. The seven-time champion himself, Johnny Bananas. They had to have him, so he's here. Simple as that. Had had to be a part of this. He's got a lot at stake in, a, in, a, in one way. He doesn't have anything at stake in another way, but if he wants to earn the ability to say he is the GOAT over CT and shut up the argument, which he's never going to do. The, C, the folks that like CT better hate Johnny, and they're never... Johnny could win four more in a row or whatever, and they would be like, oh, CT's still the best. And just what it is what it is. But if he wants to quiet that a little bit or be a little bit, you know, have a lot more to go on and saying, like, I am the guy, I am the best at this, then he can go ahead and win this season. And I think that situation's on the table. But I also think that this is going to be Dirty 30 era style, everyone gunning for him day one. He's got no Leroy, he's got no Nani, he's got no rookie girls to flirt with. Uh, he's got one-time rivals. Yes, I know they're friendly or have worked together in recent past, but like Wes is there. Jordan's there. Kellyanne, who still I think hates him, is there. Darrell, again, who I don't think is really that big of a fan of him, is there. All of those people would have reason to listen to the international folks and all just be like, he's the seven-time champ. Bullshit. He's out. Let's turn the clock back five, six seasons and just go back to that era where we refused to let this man get through a single day in the house without being up for elimination. So I think that's what he could be facing. You know, good luck to him. I'll be happy to watch a kind of an uncomfortable bananas for once. It's been a minute since he's been on a season like that, where he hasn't had friends or had the folks like on ride or dies where it's like, whether you want to be my friend or not, you kind of all have to be at this point. You kind of all have to work with me. And so I'm, I'm interested to watch uncomfortable, possibly uncomfortable bananas and uh, kind of on his own and isolated bananas. We'll see how he does. Next is John A. Had to have her. Glad she came. Glad she said yes. Fascinated to see what kind of target she has coming into this after two All-Stars wins in a row. I don't know if that means like, oh, this lady's won back to back. We got to get her out now. Or if they're going to be like, it was All-Stars and 
and you know, I would rather work with her than against her, and maybe she can continue to, you know, her great social and political abilities can shine, and she can avoid eliminations like only John A proves to be able to do. And but then she got, you know, the last season she won a couple of them eliminations. So we'll see. She's got to make new friends, uh, but she's great at that, right? So of course she will. Wes and Darrell maybe are her best connections in this house, um, which they Wes and Darrell might be like a lot of different people's best connection in the house. Um, we know her and Kellyanne are not going to get along based on the trailer. That's one of the few things we see in the trailer is those two having a bit of an argument. So maybe they work together for a bit and then not so much after that. We shall see. But John A., two-time reigning champion of All-Stars, is here. Then we've got Jordan. Time to step it back up, bud. Time to earn back your spot in the top five males discussion. It's time. We've, we've, we've fucked around long enough here. You know, Anissa's not your partner anymore. I know you're thrilled about that. Maybe most of the Tory drama and mental headache will be behind them. Or maybe he's, you know, going to, maybe they sleep together all season long. I don't know. Who knows with those two? Um, he at least has a regular haircut this time around. Seems to be in a remind people I'm hot when I want to be type of mode. So he may be trying to get it in on this season one way or the other. And again, as I said before, Jordan Kaz just makes way too much sense to me. I feel like um, that's that's an early prediction. I just, I just see that happening. I just think he has the most to gain with a win, flat out. That'd be four wins for him. That erased some of those kind of recent elimination losses from memory. Um, and he'd be poised to be one of the faces of the show again for a few seasons more in a row. It could lead to maybe he gets close to that five of CT's titles. And, you know, he really starts to, you know, not just put himself back in the conversation, but start to, like, have some arguments in the conversation. So I know I'm getting way ahead with, like, a couple more wins. But I think him winning would be kind of the biggest vault back up in estimation and kind of, you know, looking at these things historically. Next up, Casey Clark. She's been beaten by Jenny West in a final. She's torn an ACL in a final, and she's been partners with her brother for inexplicable reasons, which got her eliminated for the first time ever. And then she won the other season. She's very good. She's great in most estimations. And if she were to win this season, I think she vaults way up the rankings on the female side. Put her and Jordan. It's great they're next next to each other in this uh, alphabetical list because I think they both have that to gain. I think they both have that big old jump, historically speaking, to make if they were to be able to pull off a win. There is no Josh. There is no Fessy. There is no Nani. Here we go. It's now or never. Casey, show some personality on your own. Show some gameplay on your own, not just like I happen to have the best group of friends and alliances in the house, and so I can just sit back and do nothing, and if called upon, whoop some ass. Otherwise, just get on to that final and win or get injured or whatever ends up happening. But no Josh, no Fessy, no Nani, just Casey. Once and for all, we will get to find out, you know, is everyone, all the, the you know, the I don't like using the word hate, uh, although that's what it is. Uh, just the the dislike for you might be a kick-ass competitor, but your wallpaper type of stuff, let's find out. I'm genuinely excited to watch because I actually think she has a great personality that could shine through. I think I'm very excited to see her without those three people that she is always tied to and associated with and to be a little more solo in this game and have to do make a little bit bigger of moves, have a little bigger target, maybe be someone that has to win two or three eliminations to get to the final, to get her way to another championship. Very excited for Casey to be here. Next up, Kelly Ann. I love Kelly Ann. I love her so much, but I got to admit, it's an odd pick. 
She's never won. Um, she is a surefire all-star, but she's not like a Hall of Famer, most likely. Um, it seems like there were others that would have made more sense in this spot. Mostly, I'm thinking of the alternate, Jenny West, who should have been in this. Not as an alternate. <laughs> Clearly, she was willing to come. Should have been in the main cast. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I love Kellyanne, but I do think this is one of the picks that you could scrutinize a little bit. I could see her being either the most isolated person in the house or the first to join an alliance with a foursome from another show and get in a really good spot. Either way, it's going to be dramatic, and I look forward to watching it. Next up, Nelson. This was a really nice gesture by uh, the challenge production and casting to an absolutely great human and invaluable member of the challenge family. Nelson is fantastic. Love him. Incredible human being. But this is Devin's spot. It should have been Devin. Why was Devin not invited? He just fucking won. Like, he just got second and then won. And he doesn't get invited. He's the face of the show. He's the best at doing the show that's going right now. Why isn't he there? This was supposed to be his spot. Um, but anyways, I digress. Nelson, I love him. And I he deserves to be here. And it's a great gesture that they put him on this season without you know having won or anything. It's deserved. He's he's amazing. He's a staple of the challenge. He's the best physical competitor that also has 0% chance to win the show unless he has, like, the perfect teammate. Um, but he's a physical beast. He has made small improvements, but we still saw in Ride or Dies, man, just, like, the strategy and the selection and the politics just the moment he got a little power just went out the door, made some bad decisions that ultimately eventually cost him his game. Next up, Naya. Another interesting choice. This feels like a sorry Ryder dies didn't work out type of gesture, which I appreciate. I desperately wanted her on Ryder dies with Jordan, but still, as far as the whole like best of the best champions of champions, that kind of those monikers go, those words they're throwing around goes. It's another where like the resume is a bit lacking, but that also is just as much a testament to how the show has handled its female stars over the years as much as any one individual has about it and you know again um i i wish this would have just been naya was on ride or dies and then you know maybe if she wins that or whatever like then she's here but because that didn't ultimately work out i am certainly happy and thrilled to see her in this house on this season next up theo the wild card pick that actually makes total sense and i love this is the other one that maybe when initially looking at your list you'd be like mm, i don't know kellyanne stands out a little bit Naya stands out a little bit. Theo definitely stands out a lot. You know, two-time finalist uh, in two, or yeah, two-time finalist in two seasons, um, one-time finalist in two seasons, what have you. But here's why this one does make sense to me, and I also just love it, absolutely love it. One, you can't have Turbo again, period. Just please don't have Turbo again. I'm sorry. It just it, it, it might have been entertaining, but I, eh, eh, eh. yeah, don't have Turbo again. Um, and so since you can't have Turbo, you get the guy who got second on War of the Worlds 1, the hardest final, if not season, possibly ever. Instead of the first-place finisher in Turbo, you have the second-place finisher in Theo. Uh, second thing, he's an absolute star in his two seasons before he injured his eye and couldn't be on the show for an extended period of time in which he wanted to be on the show and they wanted him to be on the show. He just literally physically wasn't cleared medically or whatnot to be on the show again until now. He was an absolute star. His two seasons, like, massive, massive star and was amazing. And so uh, fits the bill there. Third thing, he adds the UK Alliance intrigue along with adding the intrigue of him and Kaz dated before 
and adds to the I don't like bananas, Jordan, Tory, or Nelson for that matter, intrigue. So like he's very obviously set up. It'll be the guy in here of like, you're going to jump and give this alliance over here, this possible alliance over here, a little extra boost. Um, and also he'll flirt with the best of them. Great guy's a great flirt and uh, that's needed. And wherever we could get it, we needed to get it. So Theo's here and I love it. And I think it actually does make sense as small as the resume might be. It makes sense why he is now here. If he's wasn't for that injury, I think he might have five seasons to his name and a win and all kinds of crazy performances and moments and everything. And he absolutely can win this. He is such a beast physically. He seems fine on the mental side of things, the eating things socially, even if it goes South for him, like I feel like he could win all the eliminations. So Looking forward to Theo. Glad he's here. Next up, Tori. Tori is back, fresh off that title, feeling good. No Devin, no Anissa, no vacation alliance at all. Now, she did become friendly with Bananas, has Casey maybe in her corner. Jordan obviously in her corner, but also Naya is there. And is that weird? And would Jordan do something stupid and or mean? Or would Tori? Or would that just blow up again between them? Who knows? All I'm saying is that of all the viewers, thus fans are going to suffer because they didn't bring ride or dies champion Devin into this game. But Tori also definitely is going to suffer by the fact that she doesn't have her ride or die who should have been in the cast and inexplicably isn't there to at least be her like number one in the game. And she's got a little work building up who that is. Is it just Jordan? And I, I don't know. So we shall see, but reigning champion coming in. Always been a fierce competitor, now has that title to her name to kind of back that up. So always a threat every time she enters the game. Always a, always the chance that she is the most entertaining one there, too. It goes back and forth with her. And so, yeah, love that Tori is there. Obviously, she was going to be. Then we've got two left. Wes Bergman is, of course, here. While he doesn't have the same resume as a Bananas or a CT, he does secretly kind of turn himself into the statesman of the challenge. It feels like he's probably the favorite when he walks into a season right now. Like he's kind of like the head statesman of the challenge outside of it. But then also in the game, if he walks in, it's kind of interesting that I think if he bananas and CT all walked in the same house, I would be like, well, Wes is the favorite right now today in 2023 of the three of you and then CT and then bananas. Um, so in this situation, it's him and bananas. I'm like, Wes is the favorite in this outside of the fact that he also has a pretty solid friend base within this group. He definitely scouted when no one else did. Again, I know that the scouting was probably pretty limited because you couldn't actually watch these, but he definitely already DM'd, built relationships, met the people, talked to people from other shows, got the scouting reports from them. He's coming off a win. He has a lot of people who may look to him as their kind of best connection in the house. You know, either John A, Kellyanne could, Bananas might, Darrell might even, Jody might even. And yeah, I think he's just that good. He has to be the odds on favorite. I think he's the odds on favorite. Not like some overwhelming, like it would be a shocker if Weston didn't win. But if someone is the favorite on the men's half of this, I think it's Wes. And then rhyming with Wes, his good buddy, yes. They're back together already. All-Stars 3 right into this. They're carrying that storyline over. Yes has gotten in better and better shape every year over the last couple of years since winning on All-Stars 1. So Keep an eye uh, out. Uh, the oldest guy here can definitely keep up with everyone here. I think Wes, or we're talking about yes now. Sorry, their names are right next to each other on this little sheet I'm looking at in front of me. 
I think yes is best suited to make fast friends with all these people that they've never met. He's very good at that. People love yes for a good reason. He's a very lovable, awesome human being. TJ called him the greatest human to ever play the challenge, but will his kumbaya approach work outside of all stars? I would, I would normally bet if it, you just asked me in a vacuum, would a kumbaya style approach work in a challenge house, non all stars, I would say no. But then you're like, what if it was Yes's approach? I would be like, mm, it, it could, because he's he's that good and he's that lovable and likable and nice and wonderful. But uh, I'm just kind of not high on his prospects because I don't think that style of social political game works as well in this environment as it does on All-Stars. He is a great choice, a fantastic choice, a necessary choice to have here on the season, though. He can still physically get it done, which matters when you're looking through kind of the older crop to pull from, while also allowing them to show footage from season three and allow them to really say like, we're encompassing the entire history of the show here. Look, we got a guy that was on season three. That was more or less season one. Like, you know, so incredibly smart choice by them. Uh, they needed someone that could fill that kind of role of like, let us look way back, like true, true OG, OG, like even more than Darrell and Jody and the Wes's and bananas and whatnots of the world. Like we got someone from season three and that someone, while the oldest here, can still kick ass and could easily win, like could win this, like very well could win. That's a home run. That's yes. That's everyone. That's the full cast. We did it. Now there's only one thing left to do. And that's talk a little bit about how this cast might interact with each other and who might do well. We're, of course, speaking about predictions. We close it out with predictions. We will, of course, pick finalist and the winner, as we always do. But I want to throw a couple other little predictions out there as well. So we've got a whole host of them. Let's just run through them, which will allow us to kind of talk a little bit more about how this cast might interact, what we think could happen. So first prediction, the first people out. And I'm going with a little bit of a cop-out answer here. I think the first two people out of the game will both be from Challenge Argentina. How about that? Maybe that's why we haven't got to see them yet. Maybe that's why we don't know who they are yet. Maybe they will be the first two people out. So I don't know their names. I'm technically picking four people who could be the two first out. And uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Two Challenge Argentina people are the first two to go home. Ruthless, this game is. Second prediction. The format of the game, I believe I will just go ahead and say it. I more or less said it before, but I would predict that the format of the game is rotating pairs using an algorithm. I think they should carry it all the way through, and that's the best case scenario. Third prediction, romance. I said it before. I'll say it again. I think Jordan and Kaz, if I had to just be like, is there a romance to be had in this house? That would be the first one I would look at. And then I always have my eye on Theo, as I previously stated, in that category. I don't even know who's single. That's the that's the thing. Like, I was about to be like, Justine, maybe. But, like, I don't actually know if Justine is single uh, to begin with. And so, yeah, I'm going with my prediction on the romance front, Jordan and Kaz. As for alliances, a couple different predictions here. First one, I think Troy, Danny, and Tristan are all going to want to work with Wes. I think all three of them are going to come in thinking like, you know, I can't just rely on the little four person from my show. I've got to find a couple of these legends to really work with. And I think all of them are going to settle on Wes is the one that we should be kind of taking some advice from, trying to work with, follow. And I think all three guys from the three 
global shows are all going to come to West with a like, come on, you know, we could we work together, right? And I think West is going to be very open to all three of those people. So Troy, Danny, and Tristan all are going to want to work with West. I, second prediction, think that Bananas is going to get stuck trying to work with Ben and Sarah. Someone's going to someone's gonna have to work with Bananas in some capacity. Someone's going to have to work with Ben and Sarah in some capacity. No one's going to want to work with any of those three in any capacity, which means I think they end up having to work together, and challenge fans will hate in unison, I feel like. It's definitely just... Yeah, uh, if this prediction comes true, I can't wait to see the things that are said and the mean jokes that are probably said. Uh, Don't make them too mean. Let's be appropriate levels of mean for watching a reality show. But uh, yeah, I think I think I don't think anyone's going to want to work with bananas. And I definitely don't think anyone's going to work with Ben and Sarah. And I feel like that just ultimately means they're going to have to work with each other and those are three good, solid competitors, so maybe it could work out for them anyway. So that's prediction number two within the alliance prediction. Third and final alliance-related prediction. I do think that the foursome of Tori, Casey, Jordan, and Naya will all come together. That Tori and Casey will be the last remnants of the vacation alliance. They'll be like, bananas, we're good. Sorry, buddy, but we're good. We only liked you because you were with Nani. We're good. You're over there. Have fun with Ben and Sarah. They'll be like, we can stick together. We don't have to be fierce like rivals or competitors the way we have kind of been briefly before. Jordan will be like, you know, him and Tori will play nice. They will get along. They will be friends. And he'll rope Naya into it, and it won't be weird. And we'll have the four of them plus whoever they're partnered with, and that will be a fierce alliance. So those are the alliance-based predictions. As for twists... I've got a twist prediction for you. I really hope this one comes in true as well. I think Brad and Jenny are going to be mercenaries after no one gets DQ'd. So this is going to be like a two-part prediction. We know they went as alternates, which means they're there in case someone early in the season DQ's, gets hurts, whatever, and they want to have a replacement versus kicking someone out. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anyone's going to get DQ'd, which I think then turns to, you know, halfway, two-thirds of the way through the season, they're going to be like, all right, we made you two sit here for a month or whatever it was fuck it put you in mercenaries uh pole wrestle whatever it may be something strength based physical based and we're going to bring you to absolute stud muscle bound athletes into there and wreak some havoc and it's going to be great so i'm hopeful that there is a mercenary twist with brad and jenny just as i am hopeful that they get to do that because no one gets hurt or anything while i want i would like to see both of them on this season i don't want to see them come in as a replacement because someone got hurt don't want that at all so hope we get to see them in mercenary capacity at least and then we're to the real predictions the big ones finalists Runners up and winners. We're adding runners up in this time. I don't know why we've never done that before, but winners, finalists, and runners up. So while I think there's a chance only eight or even, God help us, six make the final, I'm predicting 10. That's the appropriate number, minimum number that's appropriate to make a final, and that's what I'm going with on the predictions front. So on the women's side, my predictions to make the final are Justine, Kaz, Amber, Casey, and Tori. All of this based on they're all good, and uh, I I don't have anything else to go on those, so I picked them. Pretty similar, you know, on the men's side. I'm going with Troy, Tristan, Darrell, Theo, and Wes. 
Theo and Wes battling it out, War of the Worlds 1 style all over again. I think Troy and Tristan and Kaz then, that would be the three international champions that would maybe make the final in this hypothetical prediction of mine. So one more time, Troy, Tristan, Darrell, Theo, and Wes, Justine, Kaz, Amber, Casey, and Tori. I think if that group of 10 made the final, the runner-up would be Wes and Kaz. And I think the winners of the Challenge World Champions, our first ever world champions, I believe will be Casey and Jordan. That's what we're going with. Casey and Jordan. I mostly am picking this because I think they're actually just purely the competition side. If you remove the political and social part and just say who is the best well-rounded competitor on this show, I give that to Casey on the female side and I give it I give the benefit of the doubt to Jordan. Uh, I don't know if I should. It feels like I should be giving it to Wes. He's coming off the win. Jordan not. Jordan admitting maybe he wasn't in as good of a shape going into rider dies as we on the outside would have thought from all the triathlons and all that th- things. Or maybe he's just holding himself to an incredibly high standard. I think it's more the latter. But I think Jordan and Casey are the best competitors there. And I think that that means the only way they go home is being thrown in enough eliminations to get one where they're at a severe disadvantage, which I don't really think exists on Casey's side. On Jordan's side, obviously, you know, it's the just like, yeah, the pole wrestle is going to be a problem. We've seen that. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I think they're going to win. I think Wes and Kaz are going to be the runner-up. I think Troy, Tristan, Darrell, Theo, Wes, Justine, Kaz, Amber, Casey, and Tori make the finals. I think Brad and Jenny will be mercenaries because no one will get DQ'd. I think that Troy, Danny, and Tristan will want to work with Wes. Bananas will get stuck working with Ben and Sarah. I think Jordan and Kaz may or may not have a romance. I think the algorithm will be here, and I think two people yet to be named from Challenge Argentina will be the first two to go home. That is all the predictions. That is all we've got for our preview of the Challenge World Championships. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I know this was long. Uh, If you skipped that first part because it wasn't really a preview, it was more a review, I understand. I still love you and appreciate you. But also, if you know anyone that works in challenge production, give them my name, number, Instagram handle, whatever you got to do. I got to get in there. I got to get one of them producer hats on. So, Thanks so much for being here. I look forward to an incredible season. I've got high expectations. I'm not, I try not to ever have high expectations for anything, especially challenge seasons, but it happened. I've got high expectations for this season and I think it will live up to them. I think it's going to be great and you should come join for the whole ride through. As we said at the beginning, Wednesdays, probably early afternoon, pending when the episode is actually, actually made available to watch early afternoon. The recaps will be out. If you still are needing to binge UK or Australia, do so. Watch them. They are worth it. Those recaps are also available if you want to listen along as you binge. And Survivor fans again, Survivor Saturdays coming up. I'm actually about to record that podcast just after this one with my good friend Paige. So check that out on Most Likely too. Hit follow, hit subscribe, DM me on Instagram at Challenge Historian if you want to talk World Championships, Challenge, anything else. I thank you. I love you. We'll talk again soon. Peace. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>